0: The term watch collecting can bring with it a lot of connotations. One who is a collector of watches, obviously, but also the notion of the things around watches. Straps, obviously, but even the ads or documentation or things even just adjacent to the watch or brand. And then there are subcommunities within the watch fam, like in the case of today's guest. In the military or even military watches have other little tokens around them that people seek out at great lengths from service patches of the personnel who maybe wore the watch in a conflict or war now outside military watches there's also the notion of provenance the fact that watches can be traced back to an individual wearer with some it's as simple as flipping them over case back engravings go way back from military watches to just watches that were gifted by one family member to another and kept as heirlooms. And in those familial cases, a lot of the times, it's the family photography around the person who wore that watch that brings a value to that watch that goes beyond just the chunk of metal it is. No matter if it lived its life summiting mountain peaks, diving seas, or living life with its wearer, spending time with their family. All of these little things, whether that be trinkets, photos, memories, case back engravings, or other aspects around a watch, are just as important to the watch collecting collector as the dial, hands, and case itself. And on today's episode, we're going to dive into the notion of collecting around a watch, and maybe even reframing it, breaking down collecting into really what it means to collect the ing around a watch a watch. You've tuned into the Analog Explorer podcast. Read about my analog manifesto, my passion for photography and my love of travel and watches, both in print and online at analogexplorer.com. Back on the Analog Explorer is my good podcast friend Dan from the Zulu Time podcast and we're going to be doing a collab see this is the second half of a episode that we recorded around collecting around a watch so to collect both halves of this episode you're gonna to have to do a little bit of watch collecting yourself or at least collecting around this watch podcast and that is subscribe to dan's show the zulu time podcast and your favorite podcast app of choice as well as here at the analog explorer
1: this episode is all about collecting around the watch so like i said this came out the back of an article that cole pennington wrote um about what other items you collect around the watch and that got me thinking so like for me aj and the military are a little bit Yes, as you've realized military are like magpies we like things that are shiny hard to get hold of and or not yours to get hold of so you either have to you have to grease the wheel somehow with favors or packets of biscuits to get certain things and that's the currency that we work in in the military more recently however just so you're aware we like to swap kits yeah. okay so in the military we like to swap patches we like to swap bits of stuff that we know we can just swap because you know well for me like i don't really care about x or y or whatever and that has born into um my collection of what i like to call generic podcast stuff right which is stuff like patches it's coins challenge yeah. coins have been a big thing um and then like you said other stuff like catalogues and photos or like you know media like printed media seems to be a big thing in watches you know have you seen like i've seen a lot of the old fashioned kind of watch adverts that are now being painted and framed or people commission people to do some artwork based off a watch and i think that's quite cool yeah you know and it made me look at my collection effectively and think well, actually what do i collect around the watch and i've got a few things obviously i've mentioned that you know like i said i've got a, i've got a big set now of watch specific challenge coins and i'm just going to give you out a few um ones off the top of my head obviously i've got the the company ones so like for example when i've done special projects with bremont i've got the up-to-date set of challenge coins that were commissioned by the Brabant military team since i've become a project leader and i think that's really cool some of them are numbered some of them got some really cool designs on it be it the military team design logo or like a watch light movement which i think is quite cool you know right through to patches where i've got the visual time podcast patches which everyone i like to think wants to collect guys um Your patches that have come through, you know, from the Bellingham podcast. And then I've even got unit patches or I've got patches from listeners where I've swapped out patches, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that's the stuff that I can seem to collect. But what I found interesting about the whole collecting around the watch was Cole never mentioned the thing that everyone collects around the watch without even thinking about it. And you collect stories you know and that's really holistic and like you know kind of deep there but like we all collect stories i mean if i look at my watch box every single watch that i've got has a story be it how i've got it or what i've done with it yeah and i felt that was interesting that they went down the route or hadinki went down the route of actual material things that tied in and what i liked was he had um for his world war Two watches he had some unit patches from world war yeah, Two. Cool. You know period correct or reproduction, you know, I've got some of the original clasp knives from World War II, because it's just another thing that you can get hold of fairly cheaply, but make, you know, that you can actually still use them, you know, because it goes back to it, like the build quality on clasp knives from like the 1940s are a lot better than the clasp knives of like 2015. Now, that's not to say that they're not bad, but the fact that I can still sharpen a knife that is 82 years old and use it for daily stuff, it's still pretty good. You know, I don't think I'll be able to do that for my one that I was issued. You know, but it's interesting that they went down the material route for collecting around the story. And that's why I thought that me and you differ in fact that our watches have got collections of their own. But in the stories that we've gained, you know, through using those watches. Yeah. And I just kind of wanted to highlight a few of your uh, collection, really. And obviously just bounce them back and forth to see if we had any similarities across our collections. Because I like to think we're quite similar people in our in our mindset and activities that we do outside of the watch pack
0: no totally so for me like it i have to kind of rewind to like how and i don't think i've i've really talked i've, I've mentioned on the belly on podcast that I, I got into watches because as a little kid you know my dad was a diver and he had a dive watch and that's that mm-hmm. that was quintessentially what i thought watches were they have a bezel a fidget spinner for an adult and mm-hmm. you know it was a tool like back in that day you know the 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 prime time of all diving like it was your dive computer. If you did not have that you get bent like that was the stories that I heard from my dad. And I remember there was I was probably in like third or fourth grade. And it's show and tell time, you know, type of thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't have something to show and tell. And so my dad this one day is just like, well, hey, do you want to do you want to take dad's dive watch? And I was like, okay, okay. And so I, here I am, you know, a third or fourth grader, and I got to bring my dad's dive. I remember you, you, as, a, as a kid, you, you go to your elementary school and you go to your classroom and there was this box and it was a, a special lock box. You could put your stuff in there that way. You know, now as a teacher, I understood why my teacher did that. So you weren't playing with the thing you were doing. For, <laughs> okay. And it was locked up and stuff. And so I didn't have to worry about like my dad's watch being stolen or anything. And so I take it out of this box and I, I talk about you know my dad used to be a diver and he was, came from California and he dove from California up to uh, to Washington almost to where I'm at here in Bellingham uh, this one summer and stuff and you know it's just a story that I I knew because growing up that's what I always heard and you know my dad would talk about the kelp beds and and different and abalone the si- different sizes of abalone uh, up north versus down south in California and it's all stories that I still. Remember, I remember after that show and tell thing, my teacher let me keep it because it's a watch. And here mm-hmm. I am <laughs> with a, a skin diver jubilee, uh, Longines uh, Longines Wittenauer jubilee watch. And I th- thought I was the biggest, coolest kid on on campus, man. Like here I am wearing my dad's watch, and to me on a ri- on on a wrist of I don't know, I have no idea what my wrist size was back then. I might as well have been rocking a Panerai, like it was just huge. Mm-hmm. My dad cinched it down with probably a piece of nylon strap uh, that just would fit my my wrist at the time. And that really hung on to me. Like that, I still remember to this day, like the feeling that I had as a little kid wearing my dad's Jubilee watch. And eventually it evolved into when I got older, I got a watch. And my dad got me a, um, it's a Loris. So. <clears throat> I mean, probably over there in in the UK and in Europe, you guys know Loris more than we do over here in the states. But um, Loris is a subsidiary of Seiko Epson, and like it just was a, a just a resin black with a kind of a green dial, uh, analog digital uh, watch, and it has a similar movement to like the old Arnie's or the 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 mini Arnes. Um, <laughs> uh, it has a Seiko V0416000 for anyone who really wants to really geek out and really it's it was no it was no nothing you know i think it was probably like my my dad probably spent 50 bucks on it um but you know 100 meters water resistant um had a digital display on the bottom and then an analog display up above mercedes hands you know and but as a kid i wore the eleven stuffin out of that watch to the point where for i don't know probably four i probably got four or five years out of that watch I shredded the crown straight off, and it has crown guards. Um, I shredded <laughs> the crown right off, but it still would have worked. Um, and I, I, in between moves and growing up and stuff, like I, I lost it. I recently reacquired uh, one, new old stock. It took me a while because again, it's there. They were a no nothing watch, mm-hmm. but I have it uh, again and stuff. My my sons worn it and stuff, but it's it, those two watches kind of are the the things that kind of set me into. You know, never getting out of watches. Um, I stopped wearing wrist watches when I was in high school, not because of the iPod or anything like that. It hadn't been invented yet. But I because I shredded the crown off that watch, I actually got into pocket watches. Um, I was a weird high schooler who would wear pocket watches. I had, you know, the little chain hanging out of my my, my pocket on my, in my jeans. And it was funny because I did that because I was so active and I didn't want to shred another crown. I went through a couple of Timex Explorer, uh, not Explorers, Expeditions, and I just would I would always shred the crown or grind the the crystal and stuff. And so I felt like okay, well, if I have it in my pocket, it won't get as damaged. And so I, um, one of the few watches of my childhood I still have, I have a uh, a Timex Expedition. Pocket watch, so like a fifty meter or hundred meter water resistant mm-hmm. pocket watch. The the movement in it is completely dead now, but I still hang on to it because anybody who remembers me in high school will remember uh, that watch on me, and specifically the chain because uh, I, I always had a little bell. So I'd always go around. And I had a little bell on me. So it just it was just funny. It was just one of those things where, as a quirky high schooler, that's what I was known for. Anybody who knew me in elementary school would know me for that black Loris watch, and those, that's, that's the collection for me around any watch, whether it's from my past or currently, like I look at watches as, and I wrote about in the analog explorer. Like these are, these are things that are just automata that are on your wrist and are keeping little memories for the, for the wearer, you know, for the duration that it will su- uh, succeed the person who's wearing it. And for me, it's like all about the ing. What was I doing? Was I hiking? Was I, I travel ing? I, I collect the ing around the watch mm-hmm. because for me, like it's, it's not about the price price doesn't have an ing maybe what you're spending, but that's not an ing that I, I enjoy. Like I, uh, you know, some people save up and they, they want to, they want to be spending something on a watch for me. I want to be spending time. Um, mm-hmm. And so for the, the two other ones in my, my collection that you are well aware of is, uh, the Baltic, you know, this became the, the watch of the pandemic for me because uh, it was the the first Father's Day in the pandemic. My wife got it for me, and it was bronze, and I worked for a year straight in the pandemic. And then it became, like you said, it looks almost like it's DLC. It's so dark. It does look DLC, yeah. And it's just pure, like, you can't, I can't replicate that. And that's why I said during the Ranger, uh, the Ranger report, you know, if I if I had an option of, like, oh, if I could trade this in straight up for a Ranger, would I do it? Hell no. Like, just because I look at this, and I can I can tell you, you know, uh, my, how my son's health was doing at the time. Um, a lot of this is, is, uh, oil rubbed bronze at this point, because we had to put a lot of lotion on him because of his skin conditions. You know, I can look at this and go, you know, this is me, uh, trekking up, uh, uh, Mount St. Helens and summiting and getting Mm -hmm. caught up, uh, up there with two storms. You know, I can look at this and go like, that's, that's what I see in this watch. And, you know, that that to me is more important than, you know, what I was spending on a watch. It's mm-hmm. what I'm spending with a watch. Uh, the other one that I have uh, that just has a really cool story, in it, uh, by the time this comes out, I'll, I'll probably have it published on my, my blog or my sub stack, is the SKX031, mm-hmm. which is an obscure uh, SKX. It basically looks like a uh, kind of like a Tudor Snowflake or a Submariner style, crown it three seiko but it came out the same year as the skx 007 you know another watch that you know we all know and love mm-hmm. um has the 7s2x uh, 7s26 movement in it um but it had only 10 bars water resistance still a screw down crown mm-hmm. and uh had a better dial on it than the skx did because it had applied indices had a framed uh chrome framed um date window still has day date and, uh, that whole thing came about because during the, when I was, after I built the PNW 001 and all the learning lessons about that, I was like, you know, I, instead of going into Swiss, cause that was expensive, should have probably started in this whole modding thing in Seiko's mm. and yeah. I mean,
1: there's only a a community. Yeah, well, but
0: again, bear in mind, like, I was doing all of this in 2015, 2016. Mm. You know, there there wasn't as much of a community. Like, you did not have, you know, uh, Crystal Time Horology. You didn't have, Mm -hmm. yeah, Dag Ads was still, was there and stuff. But really, it was uh, Nick Harris, uh, now of Orion Watches. I found out about him, um, and he, he at the time was uh, studying here in Seattle for the uh, the to be a watchmaker at the watchmaking school. And I I was a I f- I found his blog way before there was Orion watches, and he had this great rundown of like here's how you trade out a dial um, on a I think it was like the SK or SNK eight oh seven or whatever um, because he made his own dials. He had a he had a like a California style dial, and I just I just bookmarked his blog because he was actively sharing how to go about doing stuff and even though it wasn't on the movement at the time that I was do I was working on because I was working on Salida I was like oh, I'll come back to this this guy's really into sharing cool great and so after I I, I learned uh, and learned and broke a lot of things you know I came back to that article and you know I, I DMed uh Nick a few times and stuff and he was always open to sharing and stuff or if I blew a stem or if I was having problems doing stuff, you know, he was always encouraging. It was just really cool. You know, that 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 whole essence of that conversation with him and several others spurred the Analog Explorer podcast. Like I got to know people in again collecting. I was collecting friends in the watch fam while I was building a watch for my son or learning how to mod and stuff. And I was collecting the people who were open. And that that was great. And now I have friends. I have you so I built the uh, – I was putting together the SKX-031, and I was really having a hard time sourcing a legitimately good case because these cases were thrashed, man. Like, mm-hmm. people wore the ever-loving stuffing out of them. And, you know, I don't have a lathe. I can't return stuff. So I need something that, yeah, if it's thrashed, I can polish. I can do all of that. But, like, I need it to be at least serviceable. I was just having mm-hmm. a hard time finding one, finding one that didn't have a crown tube that was blown or – or whatever like i was just having a hard time and so nick he had graduated and funny enough he put up on his uh instagram he was having a garage sale and i was just like oh awesome if anybody is going to have something it's going to be i call him the mod father because really from that mm-hmm. era anybody who was into seiko modding you came across nick's writing so i uh i reached out to him and i was just like mate if you've got you know a uh, you know a 0040 case uh for an old skx031 let me know i'd love to buy it off you and he didn't have anything posted on it and so he actually rummaged through and found one and it was in rough Mm -hmm. shape but i asked him it's like is it in serviceable rough shape he goes yeah he's going to take some elbow grease but yeah it's totally workable so i bought it off of him and that was the the starting point for that project and originally i was going to do a mod and the more and more i got into why it was so difficult to find this damn case I wanted to kind of bring it up to spec. Like I liked what Seiko really was trying to do with that watch for that era. It was more of that skin diver watch, bi-directional bezel. It wasn't really ISO certified like the big brother, Mm the 007 or the 013, the smaller version Mm -hmm. of it. And so I, you know, I found a dial that was original, but I found one out of uh, Spain uh, from a a, source did. And then uh, I got to know other people. There was a guy online who was cutting crowns to fit this case, because again, there wasn't a lot of uh, boot, uh, boutique parts to find. You had to know somebody, and he actually upgraded it to like a twin lock style uh, gasketing system, as opposed to a single glob of gasket that Saki mm-hmm. does. And so, I, I bought that off of him and put this together. And really, it's I can't, for me like the my my SKX031. Um, and there's not many out there. Um, like uh, the hashtag, if you were to look at it, there's maybe a couple hundred versus mm-hmm. several th- tens of thousands on the SKX007. You know, it's for me, it's kind of the Mark II because I tried to keep it as tried and true to what Seiko originally had done with the dial and the case. Updated the crown to a signed crown just because I could. The uh, movement inside is a white label NH36, so it gets hand winding and hacking, the upgraded version to the, you know, 7S26. I upgraded it to a domed crystal because at the time I couldn't get a flat crystal that fit it. <laughs> and in doing so, I had to upgrade the, uh, the bezel, the bezel insert to a sloped bezel just to make it look better. Um, and I upgraded it to a, a ceramic, and that became the blue SKX031. And then I cut the case back with um, a local engraver with a, um, mm. a sigil that kind of is my family, which is the north, south, east, west compass rose. But in between the northwest, southwest, northeast, southeast is elements of the northwest. So there's a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, a wave that looks like the great wave of... The Fukushima wave. Yeah, and uh, mountains, of course. And so that, as as well as the uh, engraving that I put on the uh, PNW001, which is the coordinates of our backyard. Because it, uh, the PNW001, and my SKX007, all three of those watches were around as my son and I started his journey in his medical stuff and coming out of it but also our journey into what I call adventure school and wherever he goes, like when I'm long and dead and gone, hopefully his watches around, hopefully he likes them and still wears them. But those case backs, I want him to look back wherever he ends up in the world, maybe in England and go, you know, he remembers where he came from and mm-hmm. what we went through in his childhood. And, you know, these are just little mementos of it. You know, uh, I don't know which one's going to cling on to in his mind the most. Maybe it'll be the Baltic. I have no idea. But I want him to have, and this is a very long, long-winded uh, solo story that I gave. But it comes back to collecting around the story of when I was a kid and my dad's Jubilee Whittenhour watch. Yeah. So I did a lot of talking there. Sorry, man. No,
1: man. <laughs> no, it's a good story, though, isn't it? You know, you know, it encompasses the fact that. You know, and I think that was the the main drawback that I had with the Hedungi, um article. And like I said, and there's nothing, no slight on, on Cole's writing at all. No, I, Cole's. The I, I I I message him fairly often um, about stuff like this, and I think the reason it wasn't mentioned was because I think it's just assumed that people collect memories and collect yeah. stories with their watches now. Yeah. You know, and I think we do have, you know, we do have these blogs and these watch review websites to thank for that and the wider watch media that's a lot bigger than us to thank for the fact oh, that yeah. you know people in this weird and wonderful hobby just naturally tend to collect stories about them but you know it, it's one of those i think like i said it was for me i just wanted to highlight it and to, to hear you know like effectively you know the reasons why you've collected what you've collected and how you've gone about it it's just I like i said it's just very interesting isn't it yeah. uh, in terms of the 031 i've actually seen if you're on ebay i've <laughs> I sent you one yeah. Um. I'm. St- I would still pick one up, actually. Yeah. Um. What I. I, I like about them is. Is like they different. I actually don't really get on well with the SKX 007 case. I don't yeah. really like it as much. Um. I think it's a little bit more marmite. Um. But I do like the um. Z- uh. The zero one threes because the hashtag I believe that's on that follows them is Seiko Submariner. Yes.
0: Uh. Yes. There's two. There's either Seiko Submariner or Seiko Snowflake um those are typically the two mods that most guys do mm-hmm. they'll trade out the handset for the mercedes or they'll trade it out for the the snowflake which full disclosure that's what i I'd, I'd originally had thought i was going to do until i kind of went down the rabbit hole like i said i'll, I'll have a post up because it's what uh, i don't know uh, i'm well known for having mine and mm-hmm. have warning worn it yeah you know a lot Um, Mm -hmm. And so I've I've put together a post of like um, kind of the heritage and history of like the 7S26 movement and the watches that came out and derived from that, Mm -hmm. that made the SKX model more than just the 007, 07, as well as like um, some of the the parts and who I talked to uh, to get the one that I've got put together, just because like there's not a lot on it. And, you know, I've had loads of people ask me about it and stuff. And um, when it comes to like trying to identify whether or not it's going to be a third party dial or not, it's best if I see them because they've gotten really good. Uh, I used mm-hmm. to just say if, you've, if the, the, the back of the dial isn't the stamped style applied indices, then you know that it was an aftermarket one. Now I've seen some aftermarket ones copy that even. Um, they're stamping them as opposed to just uh, using the, the feet and, you know, soldering them on or gluing them on. So it's it's hard to tell, but if you see one that's right and then you see a dial that's wrong, you can tell that it's it's a third party. Mm. The cases, I can't tell. Just like you and I were mm-hmm. talking about with the the moon swatches, they're hard, unless there's somebody that's honest and says that this is a uh, aftermarket, which I have no beef with. I just have a beef yeah. with somebody saying like this is OEM, and I can look at it and go, well, that crown tube actually isn't OEM. I have a beef with that, but like other than that, like again, it, I have a Franken watch. Like it's not an original O31. I don't claim that it is. It's a Mark two for me. Um, mm-hmm. and if you're in that that ilk like it's a cool case uh 7S260040 case and there's also a smaller version too uh, there was uh, the SK uh, so the 031 and then there's the 023 which is mm-hmm. the oh, uh, the O13 to the O 7 if you want to think about that it was their midsize case that one's an interesting one because it doesn't have a rehot uh, it's actually just a fully yeah. printed dial, and that one really has like the vintage vibes. Had a black dial, a white dial with gilt. I like those ones. Yeah, I think that one comes in at because the 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 o the o three one comes in at I think like thirty nine and a half or something like that because it's Seiko. It's a thirty nine millimeter or forty millimeter uh, case, and then the o two three I think comes in at like thirty seven, so it's a little bit mm-hmm. smaller it's also uh, before anybody goes in and it's just like oh, will get this and mod it the crown on both of those cases are not the standard skx 007 or 03, uh, 013 crowns they're smaller so before you go down that rabbit hole make sure that you find or you're going to ascertain a smaller crown
1: now yeah, they look cool i really like them Yeah. if you ever want to uh, go down that rabbit hole and uh re- and, and build a uh a zero Two, three. Let me know. It's, uh, I'll, I'll encourage you to build it, and then uh, you, can, you can send it to me. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, they are really, they are really cool. They're genuinely really cool. And like you said, it's it's going off and collecting off the beaten, path, uh, beaten track. And at the end of the day, with that kind of story, you're collecting the fact that you're building a yeah. watch. <laughs> you know, and I think you know the, the the skills involved with that, and just the learning process involved in that, will probably bring you out to appreciate a different level, I think, of the wider horology kind of, you know, hobby. Oh, it And has. I think that's, that's for me is, I think, is my aim for the next couple of years is kind of just like I said, just, just to gently touch into that side of it, just to say that I've kind of not encompassed at all, you know. Um, from both sides of the fence, really. Because it does interest me. You know, when I've got a watch with a display case back or you take the back off a watch and you just watch it, you're like, it's just so cool. I just really like watching it. And I I know the theory and how it works. I've read enough about it and watched enough YouTube about it. But actually the ability to stop that movement, break that assembly down and re-put it back together is something that just interests me. And, you know, I think, like I said, my plan will be in the next couple of years kind of actually delve into that, and, like I said, even if it's just on one watch, and say, I've done it and I can appreciate it. And then, before, then you know when a watchmaker turns around to you and goes, I cannot do anything with this. You can just appreciate to them it. why they can't, instead of just looking at them and saying, But your magic with watches, yeah. fix it. You know, give me time. You yeah. Know, yeah. Right. Is what you want to say, you know, is, is you can walk away. say, actually, no, I've been under the hood of one of those and it's, it's pretty difficult. I, I understand. Yeah. So. No. And, and
0: the, again, I, I will do my normal disclosure. I am not a watchmaker nor do I play one on podcasts <laughs> and that's for our good friend, Elena, because she is one. And it, it's <clears> one of those things where it's like, I can, it, it's cool being able to talk to somebody who isn't a watchmaker and just be like, look, I know exactly where my knowledge ends um and again being open and stuff because like i can't i can't cut pivots i can't turn a mm. lathe i i can source stuff and i can swap stuff out that i know but if you if you're going to go down that road like don't make the mistake i did which is like i'm going to build something from scratch and like <laughs> get off the shelf parts and you know yeah. Salida and etta are exactly the same and like i can find everything and put it together whoops oh, you know like start with Seiko. Like, say, uh, there's a reason why this, the Seiko mod community has become the the uh, cottage industry that it has mm. become. You know, and it's funny because, like, some people are like, they poo-poo the fact that the, you know there's, there's people that are modding it to look exactly like something else. If that's the aesthetic, cool, you know. Just don't call it a Rolex or don't call it a Seiko if it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just be honest with it. But otherwise, like, Make what you make. What, make what is a good tool. Like I, I went the O three one route because I like the case. It's more rounded. It's not sla, quote slab sided like a like a Tudor or a Rolex. I like that organic. And having been to Japan and Tokyo and been to the the old Seiko museum, seeing their history and stuff, I I understand why that aesthetic is there, and it resonates a lot with me in the Pacific Northwest because like Japan and the Pacific Northwest really share a lot of that kind of ethos mm-hmm. and culture, um, in nature. Uh, and that that was important for me and then beyond that like I need something that is going to be able to survive being in a lake or being up in a a mountain so bringing it up to spec I'm service putting you know a service crystal as it were on it or whatever I basically took a bunch of junk and made it back to something that somebody wants to use me Mm. and that that that's that's my ultimate story around that one honestly yeah I liked it and it's
1: a and it's a piece unique isn't it at the end of the day
0: yeah sure yeah i guess that is a
1: piece unique (laughs) yeah there you go there you go um before we move on to closing notes aj have you got any uh upcoming watches mate that you are interested in looking at getting or anything like that i just realized we can tie that in there mainly because i'm i'm looking as i'm looking for ideas i've got an impending birthday and i've decided to
0: celebrate it with a watch so you know i was just wondering I've got, I've got an impending birthday, uh, not this year, but next year I have my 40th coming up Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, if you would have asked the me of, uh, six years ago, I probably would have said, yeah, I probably would want something big for my 40th. I don't know. There's not, there's not something out there and it's just me, you know, like I, I haven't seen something where I'm just like, I'm saving up for, or I really want, uh, for a big thing. Uh, I really like uh, Baltic. I like what, what the, how their design aesthetic is. But really, like I think they nailed it out of the park with the 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 watch that I have already. I don't know. I might for for like an impending watch purchase, I might reach out to Baltic or Etienne and see if I can't get a sterilized case back um, and actually have it yeah. cut um, and put it on my 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 Aquasgraph bronze. That would probably be the closest thing that I might do. But I have one of the the early editions, so it's actually numbered. So I don't know if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But no, like I for me, it's very much if I see something, it's 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 got to be organic. Um, I don't have any high grail aspirations. I mean, borrowing this guy the 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 chronograph is kind of like, was the only one because it was just out of reach. I couldn't find one. I couldn't get my hands on one. And on top of that, I'm on the wrong continent to even try to get one. So to be able mm-hmm. to borrow it and be like, you know it's cool. Like this is something that I've, I've had my, by the way, I've been timing my half of the podcast with it. So like, Mm. you know, being able to look down and go like, Oh yeah, we're just coming up to about 30 minutes on, on the second half of the show. It's cool. You know, it's, it's a different feature for me than turning a bezel. I still think I prefer turning a bezel, but I can appreciate this. And, you know, I don't know, maybe in the future I might borrow more watches than I have Mm. just to kind of try them out. Just because again, I'm, I'm more interested in the ing of watches, yep. I, the watches I have, I'm going to already do. I've got a, I've got a dive tomorrow, I'm um, going down the Mokolteo, and we're going to do some crabbing with a, a group of people that uh, are part of the dive shop that I, I, got certified in, and you know, I'll probably have either the Baltic or, uh, I've, have already dove with the, the 007, so I've hmm. taken my SKX 007. It's gone down scuba diving like it was intended to do. I'll probably, I, I don't know, I, I just. There are some days where I'm just like, yeah, I really want my Baltic and I want this strap mm. on it because Dan sent me a picture of a Ranger, damn it. You know, like, <laughs> but there are other days I just wake up and just like, ah, shake and bake. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, three, uh, oh, three, one. Uh, okay, oh, I don't know. Um, I don't have any high aspirations. I, I don't have a desire to have like save up for a Rolex. Um, the Ranger is close. Um, but again, I need a fidget spinner. Um, mm i might just kind of leave it up my, my wife has some pretty good taste lately i mean she bought me the 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 fair uh the rocher mm-hmm. world timer yeah, yeah. and and nice the Baltic, watch yeah and and the aquascaf so like when my 40th rolls around maybe i'll just be like honey what'd you get me like you know yeah. um yeah
1: yeah talking about the ings of watches and borrowing watches and to experiencing or experiencing yeah. watches i was quite fortunate last month i managed to uh uh, borrow a Tynum watch, which was the huh. fort. a so it's Elliot Brown again, yeah. but it's a it's forty-one mil, and it's their take on a on a field watch, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one it's got the power reserve at one o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which obviously is a Citizen movement, which is apparently quite hard to get hold of now outside of the Citizen group. Yeah, outside of the Citizen group, as it were. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna commit my 30th as it were uh, for one of those just because it's so so different you know mm-hmm. to anything that i've got um but it's 41 mil again yeah. it goes back to it. it's a nice case size and all that kind of stuff but it's interesting isn't it looking at kind of like how your taste kind of change and develop as you go through as well because there was a time a few years ago where i looked at it and i couldn't unsee that um,
0: the power reserve the power reserve yeah. yeah
1: yeah and it's just know, but i've seen it more now i don't know if it's just because i've seen it more and more of my friends have got hold of them and stuff like that i'm just like yeah i need to get me some of that 41 mil action you know what i mean <laughs> um but but that's um highly likely the next the watch on my radar so that's cool so we'll see but i think for me i think for me in terms of this whole watch collecting uh side of it i think it's for me it's the idea is continuing down this whole getting things that are unique to me in terms of yeah. what I've done and and you know and all that side of it because that's I think I would say is probably what I'm loosely known for now yeah is having things that are quite unique and then you know just kind of just yeah it's playing with that really but it's one of those we'll see see what happens and you know I think as well like I've limited in terms of my Price point. I now know where I'm happy to to play in in terms of like you know yeah. how much money you're willing to put down on something at any one time because yeah. you know for I'm in a fortunate position, um, where we all are in this this hobby to have the ability to occasionally splurge the expendable cash on something that you you know arguably, and we've said this all the way through all the podcasts and all the posts. Uh, that you arguably don't need because yep. you know you told her time by your phone
0: oh so oh and, and completely like i know i i'll be the first to say like you know when i dive i have a dive computer like i'm not mm. you know i'm not relying on that watch it's more of no. you know i can i can look at my wrist and be like oh yeah that skx07 uh-huh. has gone down with me but at the same time i same time i will say like um when i interviewed uh graham uh, uh peninsula cup yeah. you know and he by all intents and purposes like he is probably the most avid diver i have ever met. he's definitely
1: the <laughs> most avid diver i've ever yeah to. you know
0: and and but again super open the, the dude is just great you know and he and i can't remember if it made it into the the cut for the show or not but i remember he, he was telling me like um and i think he had his elliot brown on at the time you know he was down on a dive and his computer went kabut you and it. yeah and so he actually used um he has he always dives with a watch um as a backup and it, 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 any diver will tell you like that's why you have a buddy that's why you have an octo for a, a second reg and stuff like you have mm-hmm. backups because once you're down there you can't breathe and if you come yeah. up too fast you're going to get bent so like you know in even my dad asked me when i got certified just like uh do you and i go yeah i, I carry a watch with me even i even i do it not just out of tradition but in the event of what if because i mean on the mountains i've been i've been caught with that what if mm-hmm. and and been screwed, you know. Uh and have been able to come back and tell the, the stories about it. But like that's where there's oxygen and in the water there's not a lot of that. Um, <laughs> no. Well, there is. You just can't you can't access I don't, it I, don't, gills, don't I don't have gills, bruh. Don't have gills. <laughs> so like um yeah, yeah, there there is that. But no, like um you're right. We don't need a, a watch per se. Um but I will say like in the inging some ingings um uh that some of us do, it, it is useful. Mm, yeah. Yeah. definitely
1: definitely you know and even if like you said even if it's just uh, after the event look down and say oh yeah that, yeah, went yeah, on, yeah that went with me on that event you know that's enough i'd say that's enough
0: i have i have a citizen eco drive that uh got real close to lightning Yep, i i, I know <laughs> i can eco drive has a whole different meaning to me uh let's uh, let's get the closing notes uh, yeah, what, yeah, what do you got for closing notes because i've talked way too much on the second yeah. half so you go nah, first
1: so my uh closing notes i've got a few which are quite pertinent uh so one um in fact i'm sure in the back deepest darkest um archives of the zt podcast they probably have already been loosely mentioned before however if you weren't aware aj we had a bit of a heat dome last weekend
0: yeah mate you were up in the 40 c's yeah yeah,
1: yeah. like it was it was hotter here one afternoon than it was in where my parents lived in cyprus
0: uh
1: yeah yeah so it was pretty uh, comparable because i think we were within two degrees of each other but it was more humid here obviously because you know we've got the the gulf stream and all that um then it was in cyprus so it made it hotter because obviously you felt like you were you know just couldn't sweat i guess um so i've got one which is something that you know we both have i believe um or we've got versions of uh, hydro flask
0: oh yeah
1: oh yeah so we talk about adventures and you know collecting like, stories with watches a lot of mine obviously have been about travel and mountaineering and all that kind of stuff and when i go on those little trips i always have a water bottle or i'll have something with me to carry brews with um for me hydro flask is the one um during our little heat dome what i did was i filled it halfway f- um uh, halfway with water i froze that over you know a period of six hours and then took it out topped up with water um i still had frozen water in or an ice cube uh in my uh hydro flask 18 hours later yeah um and that was including the little heat dome that we had so just a shout out to hydro flask if you don't have one they come in loads of different shapes sizes um go find one that you like i am a personal advocate of the co-branded elliot brown one because it comes in gray
0: um but you know what i mean
1: like elliot brown is
0: not a sponsor of today's show but we do like them
1: We do like them. We also like hydro flasks. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So go go check out hydro flask if you haven't got one. Um, because like I said, eighteen hours later, and I still had a nice cube. Yeah. I can't beat that.
0: No. I you agree. know. And
1: I've had a lot of flasks as well. Like going through like the ones you get issued, or like the other ones. I've got some. I've got a tumbler one as well, which I'm always walking around with. But you know what I like about the hydro flask is that it's got a proper locking yeah. but also you can take it apart lid. Yeah. And I find that's the problem with a lot of flasks. The thing that actually for me, design-wise, that let the flask down isn't the flask itself, it's always the lid yep. component for cleaning. Um I've had one where they've had like slides and you know they just kind of gum gum up and stuff like that. And whereas like I said, the, the hydro flask one they actually um do unlock fully. So I'm never without a flask of some kind on any journey that I do now. The second one is tv related and it's book related actually so if you want the books you can go buy the books read the books or listen to the books it is a series by mark Greeny. Uh, it's called the gray man series yeah. recently released on netflix as the gray man starring
0: gosling right
1: Ryan Gosling, he plays the main character. He plays a guy called Court Gentry, um, and then Anna de Armas is in there as well. I think Anna de Armas is just on a bit of a spy kick in her career lately. Obviously, at cool. the back of No Time to Die, but a different vibe to Bond. This is obviously quite an action-packed film, but it is one where you can kind of turn off and you know not have to think about too much. Awesome. Uh, there is a couple of watches in there actually product placement in there. I mean, obviously product placement. Um as people may not know or they do know, I mean I don't really follow the company because I personally don't really like them other than the, the vintage ones. I don't like any of the modern ones that I've come into contact with. But Tag Hoyer or Tag are actually um in the film because Ryan Gosling is now an ambassador for oh, them. So yeah, that was it's obviously a natural to... natural progression. Uh, but it was cool. You know, either way, you know, it was cool to see that tagging was in there, because I think the last big film that they were in were the Kingsman series with the Connected Watch. So, yeah, go check out the Grey Man series. Like I said, it is a book series. If you like the film, I'd actually tell you always go get the book first because obviously the book is always better in my opinion and then I've got two other final ones so um, one's an actual photo book photography book it's by Levison Wood and it's called Encounters mm. so Levison Wood as we know we spoke about him on my podcast before you know he's walked the Nile he's walked the length of the Himalayas he's done the Darien Gap the Middle East and he's recently or say recently last summer released a documentary called Walking with Elephants which he followed the great migration across Africa of the African elephant, which is quite cool. Um, but he has released a photography book because he's actually, you know, an adventure, a journalist and a photographer. Yeah. Um, last year, he managed to get his photography shown in the Leica Gallery in London. I was unable to get to it because of work. However, I bought the book. Mine is actually signed for, and I believe as well, Wicked. if you type in encounters, it's not on Amazon, but obviously there's an independent book website that he's kind of loosely affiliated to. Mm. He sent a couple... You know, he sent a few box loads, as it were. I don't know how many, but obviously signed edition. So if you want a signed edition, I believe you can still go onto that website. I forget which it's called, but obviously you type in the book name, you'll find it. You can get his photography book. And what's interesting is that it tells you the story of the photo. So he's That's got killer. a selection of photos in there, obviously really high quality prints. Um, and it'll tell you the, the story, why he took it not necessarily how he took it. So you don't get stuff like apertures F number, um, apertures F stops and all that kind of stuff, but you get the feeling of what was happening to him at the time for him to take that photo, you know, and obviously if it's of a portrait, you know, sometimes there's even, you know, a bit of a story about the individual as well, which is That's quite cool. cool. But what I like about it, AJ, is the fact that it's actually split up into different areas of photography. So he split it up in terms of culture, mm-hmm. travel, environment, and conflict which is quite interesting, you know, all those kind of remits that he's been quite famous for, should we say, over the last probably ten, coming on 10 years. Uh, and then the final one is another thing that was a collaboration with um, Le- uh, Levison Wood. Um, you might not be able to get hold of them um, off the website anymore because I believe they're discontinued, but you will be able to get them new old stock from other sites. Um, and it's uh, a pair of espadrilles, Uh, By um, a company which he collaborated with, called Oliver Sweeney, Um, and effectively um, they are called Darian um, Espadrilles. Obviously, and they were formed after for his Darian expedition, but effectively they are nylon Espadrilles which have got Vibram soles and like anti thorn anti-spike loosely nice. protection on there you know quick drying and all that kind of stuff so you know for the stuff that we do in terms of both of you you and know, i like it like i said a bit of an outdoor adventure every so often they just pack down really flat and i found for my travels bit with work or my personal kind of little travels where i do that kind of stuff because they pack down really flat you don't always want to take flip flops with you for yes. certain trips yes you know but these are still good enough for you to cut around you know your campsite you know in military relief you're looking at your harbor area your, your forward locations and still have some protection for your feet but allow them to breathe when you're not in boots hiking boots etc but then the ability the fact that you can get these wet they don't have you know moisture absorbing insoles and all that kind of stuff which aid to the fact that these are more for you know your travel your adventure than uh, necessarily going down to the beach club Sure, so, sure. However, they're still fairly stylish, and you could get away with them at a beach club.
0: So yeah, go go check out <laughs> the, the beach clubs life. that we frequent, anyway.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. But like, those are the closing notes that I have uh, for this episode. So hopefully, there's enough of a mix there for people to go out and find some stuff to either enrich their collecting with watches or inspire them for their next adventure, travel, etc. That's you know, killer. To take a watch on.
0: So I've got I've got two closing notes. One. Is one that I've been fiddling around, and you probably uh, heard it when I was I was uh, mm-hmm. recording. So I, 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 you were saying about um, collecting around uh, military ephemera of of, of of watches and stuff, and uh, challenge coins obviously are a big mm-hmm. deal in military, but for civilians we don't really have anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, in the EDC community, the Everyday Carry community, there are some guys that have uh, started making their own. And I found one, I think it was actually on a watch post on Instagram, by a, a guy named Erling EDC. I think his first name is Ricky. Mm-hmm. And he makes this coin, which is really kind of cool. It's an old tall ship. And it's uh, my, my son calls it a pirate ship. This is my pirate coin. And it's got nice. the uh, the compass rose around it. And then he's, he's got his anchor and uh, compass rose on the back. But the reason why I, I came across this coin that it kind of resonated with me is, one, it's not military, but two... It's one of those like uh, memento mori, you know, you see these mm. uh, type of things that Latin phrase never really resonated with me. Um, no. This one, he has, you know, three simple words, stay the course. Yeah. And so like for me, uh, especially with all of the, the medical stuff that we've had to do with our son and stuff and, you know, the COVID and life and stuff, it really resonated with me. And so he does these in limited drops and he does some other stuff too, like patches and stuff, but um, his coins are really highly sought after. I wanted to give him a shout out because um, I've got uh, now two of his coins. I got this one and then they're, uh, his full blackout one, which my stun stole and i gotta go find it i found the watch <laughs> i stole my watch uh yeah. and i got that back but i gotta find my other pirate coin but anyway so for those that are in the watch fam that are civilians like me but like the the notion of like the challenge coin history you know the notion of it take a look at Erling edc um like i said if especially if you're like me and you're on the coast and you have uh, an affinity for pirate coins as my son calls nice. it the nice. last last closing note is uh I guess, collecting around the watch. So my wife and I, one night, we had a date night, you know, something mm. that us, us parents very rarely ever get. And, you know, when you become a parent, you, you pretty much give up on, like, being able to watch anything. Like, I recently just finally watched The Last Bond. Great movie. It's
1: been out almost a year, bro.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I said, um, between work, it, it, that's not a show I get to throw on and have, like, my five-year-old watch. So, like... Uh, so anyway, we uh, we have a lot of Disney in the house right now because that's his age. So Disney Plus, ha- I love I love the classic Disney. I like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I'm a big Jules Verne fan. Everybody knows that. But I I love that classic era of live action adventure movies that Walt Disney used to produce. So like Journey to the Center of the Earth. And then another one I stumbled upon called Third Man on the Mountain out of 1959 it's on Disney Plus here in the States, and you can even find it like at your local library and stuff. But it's it's based off of the book, Third Man on the Mountain, written by James Ramsey Ullman. Uh, he was born in 1907, died in 71, and he was an American writer and mountaineer. He was born in New York City, but he was never a high-end climber. He, 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 he but because he, I kind of... I get the impression that James Ramsey Ullman, it was kind of like the Jimmy Chin of that era. Like, he knew all the right people could go on all the right climbs, but, you know, he's not an Edmund Hillary.
1: It's because he was too busy documenting it for others.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was doing the writing around the guys that were probably wearing watches. But it's a great film. So uh, the book... Uh, I believe it's called Banner in the Sky, which is renamed uh, Third Man on the Mountain for the film. But this was um, the book based off of the true story of the first climbing of the Matterhorn, which I had no idea. And Walt Disney actually filmed it in Switzerland to, to, you know, to get the the whole ambiance. Like this wasn't all on a sound set. Mm. And it just for that era and the acting is great, great for that era, you know, if you're interested, I've got a I've got a link in in the, the show notes and stuff for it for James Ramsey Ullman. But like if you got Disney Plus and you really want that classic, you know, vintage Disney adventure type of movie, full disclosure, my son watched about half of it. He my, my son's very empathetic. So like the scary bit where he's on the, the mountain and the, like he's nearly slipping and stuff. He doesn't do well because he's been on a mountain and he knows what that is. But otherwise, it's it's kid friendly, you know. Yeah, ch- take a look at uh, James Ramsey Ullman and, and his writings. For fun, fun fact: After going down that rabbit hole on that date night with my my wife, for Father's Day, that's she went out to our local um, uh, used bookstores and sourced a couple of first editions. So I actually have a couple of first editions and I'm, I'm going to start that reading cool. them. Yeah, it was really cool.
1: I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff, man. And it's interesting, isn't it? How it always seems to be in generationally, like you said, you've got these guys who document everyone else's kind of expeditions and their achievements, but they kind of go quietly under the wayside because like you said, they were too busy writing it for <laughs> right? everyone else. Right, You know. yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's really cool. I like, that. I like that. I'll definitely check it out. I don't know if like i said disney plus in uk is the same as disney plus in yeah i don't know either we shall find yeah we shall find out when i when i uh lock on and have a look but aj it's been an absolute pleasure as always yeah bro jump on the mic with you and do a podcast um definitely going to have to do you know continue to do these collaboration kind of um podcasts more often and we'll wait for more watch puckery in the industry (laughs) to happen (laughs) And we'll get 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 on to another episode in due course. Yep, get over, mate. We'll take you down to all things Penny fan, um, just to say you've done it. But yes, uh, until then, mate, take care. We'll get back on the mic at some point, and hopefully, everyone else enjoyed our little rant today.
0: Cheers. And that wraps up this edition of the Analog Explorer podcast. Thank you again so much for tuning in, rating, and reviewing the Analog Explorer wherever you like to get your podcasts. But also, remember, this is a watch collecting episode. You came in halfway through, so if you want to hear the first half where Dan and I talk about, say, the Tudor Ranger and some other things, be sure you're subscribed to the Zulu Time podcast in your favorite podcast app of choice to get the first half. I'm AJ Barce, your Analog Explorer. Thank you again for joining me, and we'll be back soon.